welcome to The Wow, the podcast that will help you navigate your way through the world of adulthood and the uncontrollable forces of womanhood. I'm Georgina Beasley, your host, and I hope you guys are having a wonderful day today. My day has been a little bit of irritating. I've had multiple, multiple telemarketing calls today. And it's like my phone number is just like popped up out of nowhere and everyone is calling me and it is so, so, so frustrating. I think I've had four or five. I don't even know why. Like I've just, it's like all of a sudden, boom, everyone wants to chat to me and it's very flattering, but please stop. (laughs) If you guys know how to stop these guys from calling me, uh, slide into my DMs. That would be very much appreciated. Anyway, rant over. Um, Today we spoke to Lexi McPhee. She is just an incredible accredited naturopath who specializes in hormonal um, acne. So we chatted, oh my God, there's someone trying to call me right now. I'm going to have to pause this and tell them to go piss off. Oh, sorry guys. All right, <laughs> where were we? What is today? What is with these telemarketers? Oh my goodness. Um, Lexi and I chatted all about hormonal acne, how we can stop it, what are the causes, how we can help treat it, and hopefully balance our skin so that it's nice and clear and beautiful, which is something that we all try to achieve. So I hope you find it useful. Um, If you do enjoy it and find it very useful, please subscribe, leave a review, share it with your friends. And if you haven't already, come follow us on Instagram at underscore the wow project underscore. All right, guys, enjoy. Hello, Lexi. Welcome to the wow podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Uh, So to start, could you please tell me a little bit about yourself? So I'm Lexi and I'm a degree qualified naturopath and my special area of interest is hormonal acne. So I'm here today to talk to you about hormonal acne and I also uh, offer consultations for anyone who's struggling with their skin, helping them to understand the driving causes behind their acne and and how they can sort of take back control, reclaim their confidence and, um, and get on with life. So that's a little bit about my uh, my work life, I suppose. Um, outside of that, I live down at the beach and I love going outside and, um, and yeah, I guess that pretty much sums me up at the moment. You're down in, well, I mean, you're not quite in the CBD of Melbourne, but you are located close enough to be in lockdown. Yes. Um, how are you finding it? You're in the thick of it. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's, it's quite funny. The first, so uh, lockdown round one, I was living at my mum's place in the outer eastern suburbs and I just left my like security blanket sort of job and I'd gone out on my own and gone, you know, full time into my own business and I was working from home and I was feeling pretty isolated and pretty alone and um, thinking maybe I need to get like into a co-working space or find another job. I was pretty low. And then just when I was like, yep, got to get out there, you know, find some, find some people to work with. We went into lockdown and I'm like, well, guess I'm, <laughs> I'm here now. So, um, so I had to come to terms with spending a lot of time on myself. But second round of lockdown, I actually made the move down to the beach here at Mount Martha and, um, and moved about an hour away from where I was. And it's improved my lockdown experience by like a thousand percent. So I've been going to the beach and getting outside and um, getting that fresh air. It's been a big improvement. So I'm doing okay. 
That's good. 2020 has not been anyone's year. <laughs> if it's any consolation, you're not <laughs> by yourself. I feel like it's been put a massive, like, just like stop sign in front of everyone's plans. Um, oh, yeah. But I'm glad that you have the beach because yeah. I could imagine that's amazing for your mental health right now and oh, staying yeah. sane. Absolutely. I'm curious to know what have you learned something about yourself, like in this pandemic? Is there something that you've realized? that you didn't know about yourself before this? So much. I've learned so much. So uh, I used to be someone who struggled with spending time alone. Like I needed a lot of people around me, um, boost my mood and all that kind of thing. And so I've really learned how to love my own company um, and entertain myself and be okay with just hanging out by myself, um, exploring hobbies, doing some extra reading, all of that kind of thing. Um, and now I really love it. Like I'm actually really enjoying just having like myself to hang out with. So it's really refreshing. So I guess, um, that's something I've learned about myself. Yeah. That's so funny. I can totally like relate to that. I think I'm such an extrovert Mm, as a person and lockdown has taught me how to be an introvert. And now that, well, I'm in Canberra, so thankfully Mm -hmm. we're not on the scale that you guys are. So I can go out and about, but I almost don't want to. Like I'm kind of like, oh, I'm yep. really enjoying being an introvert now. Yep. And I honestly, it's just, I've really enjoyed that side of it too. It's like no one expects me to be anywhere. No one expects me to do anything. Um, and it's really nice just having all of that, uh, all those layers removed and just going back to basics and simplicity. I'm really, really enjoying it. Yeah, I agree. Um, And so what did you want to be when you were younger? Did you always want to be a naturopath? No, I sometimes look back and wonder how I even got here. (laughs) (laughs) My childhood dream was to be a zookeeper. um, Mm -hmm. And I had this wild dream of uh, working in a orangutan rehabilitation center somewhere in the, in like Indonesia or somewhere like that. So, oh my gosh. um, nothing really to do with naturopathy, but I'd always, uh, had an interest in natural health and the human body and things like that. And so I actually started studying a double degree to sort of go towards my childhood dream of being a zookeeper. And, um, a, a a semester or two into that, didn't really, wasn't really loving it, decided to have a look at this naturopathy thing. I'd never even been to see a naturopath before I signed up to be a nat- Like wow. I didn't even know like, what was involved at all really. I thought, yeah, that sounds cool. I like the idea of herbal medicine. And so I went along to um, the open day at my university and fell in love with the atmosphere of the place and, um, and was really excited by what I would be learning. And the next week I found myself in a biochemistry class kind of wondering what happened and how I got here so so, that is like that's a crazy experience zookeeper to naturopath very very different (laughs) and now I think it must have it 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 must have been fate because I haven't looked back since and I I, it's definitely what I was supposed to do with my life so I I feel really lucky to have found that that's amazing well I'm excited to have you on board because today we're going to obviously be talking about all about hormonal acne and now this is your area of specialty so can I ask what as a naturopath like what made you want to choose to focus on hormonal acne yeah so I have had my own personal journey with hormonal acne from the time you know from when I was about 13 or 14 years old and developed that real typical teenage acne Mm -hmm. and I was pretty promptly put on the pill you know um and I went along with that didn't really know what 
uh, what effects the pill would have or anything. And, and I just wanted to have clear skin in high school. So um, went on the pill and it wasn't until I started studying naturopathy that I started to question a little bit more about um, the effects of the pill and whether it was something that I wanted to continue with and, and wondering why, um, you know, the, the underlying causes of my acne had never really been investigated when I was a teenager. So I decided to uh, come off the pill a couple of years into study, really not even thinking that my acne would come back. I sort of thought, mm. yeah, skin's clear now. I'm through my teenage years um, and I don't really need to be on the pill, so I'm going to come off it. Didn't really choose the best time to come off the pill. So um, I was had a huge study load. I was working, uh, had a new boyfriend, like, you know, had a lot going on. Was um, Life was chaos. Um, <laughs> life was chaos. I was dealing with a little bit of um, mild undiagnosed anxiety as well. So coming like removing that that the pill at that time was not probably the best move and then my skin just about six months after coming off the pill just went absolutely wild just exploded and it was so much worse than it had ever been pre-pill like I was dealing with these huge cystic acne lesions all over my face um and and just you know was not expecting that to happen so fast forward a few years of you know being my own guinea pig and and trying like trialing all the everything I was learning about natural health and um, and gut health and all this kind of thing on myself and eventually managed to clear my skin and then I went into clinical practice and I was sort of dabbling with a bit of everything like treating whoever would come to me with whatever they wanted to come to me with and I sort of got thinking why aren't I why aren't I sort of focusing on something that I have this personal experience with um, and and can relate to and so I started uh, just share a bit of information online about acne and skin conditions in general. And then um, I hit the sweet spot because I started attracting all these girls that were dealing with acne and it sort of all snowballed from there. And I thought, let's capitalize on this. Like there's such a need for um, natural options in this area. And so many girls are struggling with this and haven't been informed or educated about their skin. So um, the passion combined with my personal experience and all the knowledge um, that I'd gained, it just seemed like a no-brainer. So that's the long story, I suppose. It's interesting because I think a lot of women in their 20s are coming to the same realisation that you did. Like we're all being like, okay, I've been on the pill for maybe 10 years now and maybe that's something that I want to have a bit of a break from. And you go on a break and then you get these breakouts because I guess it's just something you forget. You forget all the beautiful, perfect skin you had. I went from being on the pill for a very long time. I was put on the pill basically as soon as I... um, first got my period when I was about 13, 14, because mm. I had really bad period pain. Thankfully, mm. I haven't had bad acne at all. Mm. But then last year, I um, swapped over to the IUD mm-hmm. for um, to help better control my period because I have endometriosis. Mm. And I noticed that the change in hormones that obviously the IUD has um, in comparison to the pill I all of a sudden was getting this acne and I was just like, what the hell? Yeah, 100%. It's like that shock, like, hello, I'm an adult. Mm -hmm. What is going on with my skin? I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm a 14-year-old high school girl now. Yeah, no one mentions it. Like it's just glossed over. And Absolutely. um, Yeah, and I I, I often, like I do get girls who have swapped on from from the pill to another form of hormonal contraception, like uh, the bar. Um, or the rod, you know, in the, in mm-hmm. the arm. Yeah. And 
uh, they've never had acne before, never had acne on the pill, but um, switching over to, between hormonal birth control and suddenly they're de- developing acne and it's it's a real rude shock <laughs> to the system. Yeah, so would you say all the women that you're – that I guess all your clients, are they predominantly, you know, going through this same situation? Like are you treating a lot of younger women that are, you know, early teenagers that are having acne or are you finding that it's actually a lot of adult women who are struggling with hormonal Mm, acne issues? Yeah, absolutely. So mostly adult women, um, the majority of whom have either had a, a, a relapse of their teenage acne after coming off the pill or they're mm-hmm. experiencing acne for the first time for a number of different reasons. So yeah. um, so I love working with women who have come off the pill and developed acne or, you know, redeveloped their acne that they thought was gone. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess that, that would be the majority of my clients at the moment for sure. Yeah. And what's the difference? Because I think typically the first point of call for, I guess, a lot of women um, in their 20s that start developing acne issues is a dermatologist. Like I need a facial. A facial is going to fix everything. (laughs) Um, But could you just explain a little bit about the difference between seeing a dermatologist for acne issues and seeing a naturopath for acne issues? Sure. So a dermatologist is a medical doctor who's gone on to do um, specialist training in dermatology and and treating skin conditions. So they're going to be coming to the table with a conventional medical approach, which Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, going to be along the lines of pharmaceutical medication and the suppression of symptoms or um, or just, you know, relief from the condition at whatever cost without always exploring the underlying um, drivers of the skin condition. So the main difference, I think, between uh, a dermatologist and seeing a naturopath is that a naturopath is trained to investigate and explore all the potential underlying reasons why the skin condition has developed and then working to resolve those underlying issues. So um, a a simple example would be you might visit a dermatologist and be prescribed um, Accutane, which is, mm-hmm. um, a, you know, unfortunately a common drug that is recommended for acne, um, and that basically suppresses sebum production in the skin. So you're suppressing a natural uh, bodily process, and by suppressing mm-hmm. that sebum, you're trying to remove anything that might clog up the skin and cause acne. By visiting a naturopath and um, and and exploring those underlying drivers we're going to be talking about um, you know why are you producing more sebum in the first place why are you producing more inflammation in the first place why are you um, why are you uh, breaking out at one particular time of the month there's obviously a hormonal driver there why are your hormones out of balance <laughs> you know just um, stripping yeah. back and uh, to that real baseline which um, often comes down to three things gut health uh, stress and the stress response and um, blood sugar uh, blood sugar levels as, oh God, there's actually so many more, but (laughs) that I see really commonly, um, yeah, gut issues, um, blood sugar dysregulation and, and stress in the nervous system response. So, um, so then from a naturopathic perspective, we're looking at resolving those. So, um, I like to start with really foundational things like getting the diet right, getting, um, your lifestyle habits, right, getting sleep, um, sleep quality, right, managing that stress, um, balancing that that blood sugar response like all of those things you know it's like it's like playing whack-a-mole we we want to um resolve these underlying causes and the skin and so many other parts of your health and your body will improve when we when we resolve that underlying cause so it's it's Mm. 
um, instead of, you know, one pill for your acne, one pill for your periods, one pill for your bloating, it's like finding that that sweet spot root that's going to, yeah, root cause, absolutely, that is going to um, resolve all of those because it's all connected. Absolutely. So it yeah. sounds like you take quite a multifaceted approach in yeah. trying to solve lots of different key areas. Yeah, you have to yeah. be. If, if, um, if you want long-lasting change, like it's it's not a Band-Aid approach. And so, yeah. um, you know, and there's definitely going to be fabulous dermatologists out there. There's going to be plenty of people that have had a really great um, outcome with dermatological treatment but it isn't for everyone and you know I do get patients that have tried the conventional routes they've tried the Accutane antibiotics the pill um, and their acne keeps coming back so it's clearly there's something else going on and that's my job is to put together that puzzle and and help them understand what's happening. Yeah absolutely so how much of our hormonal acne comes down to our diet is that is that the key driver? Mm, one of so there's I believe that all acne is hormonal in some respect so Mm -hmm. when it comes to if we're just talking about typical testosterone driven acne which is common in teenagehood and it's Mm -hmm. the main type of hormonal acne that happens when you come off the pill because when you come off the pill you have a a surge in in testosterone production and that Mm -hmm. testosterone uh, drives sebum it drives keratin production in the skin it drives inflammation and that combination leads to acne, especially in the sebum glands and oil glands on the the jawline, chest and back because these are more affected by testosterone. So Mm -hmm. if we're we're going to look at that type of hormonal acne, um, diet is going to play a role. There's plenty of evidence to say that uh, there's a a big link between a high GI diet, so a a diet that's high in processed, refined um, carbohydrates and sugars, um, is going to to negatively influence testosterone-driven acne. And that's because these sugars and these foods, they drive up a a protein called insulin-like growth factor, which basically Mm -hmm. stimulates the production of more testosterone. So it's like adding eating these foods is like adding fuel to the fire and and encouraging that androgen production, that testosterone production that drives acne. So, um, So diet is absolutely going to influence that in terms of those sugary, um, simple carbohydrate foods, baked goods, chips, chocolate, lollies, all of the classic, you know, like avoid these foods if you have acne, that there is definitely evidence behind that recommendation. Um, yeah. Another, um, I guess to answer your question, it's totally related. I don't know how much detail you want me to go into. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I'm yeah. hoping that all of our listeners will be fully aware of the benefits of a nutritious diet and not eating too many complex yeah. carbohydrates because that was our um, first simple episode that we did. Yeah. Oh, sorry, simple. Yeah. It's the complex ones that you want. We want that's more right. of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, if you haven't already, our first episode was based around balancing nutrition, so you can listen to that because I'm assuming that that might have a little bit more to do with um, what mm. you're talking about, Lexi, and getting the right food in you. Um I usually have a section where we run through some listener questions, but Selena has asked a question that I think suits really well to ask now. Mm. So how do you know if your acne is hormonal or not? Like how can we tell if it's being coming across because we're eating too much sugar, like Mm. you were saying, or if it's coming across because our testosterone hormonal levels uh, have, you know, increased coming off the pill? Yeah. So uh, it's a lot to do with how the acne is presenting. So sometimes 
people will have different types of pimples popping up and sometimes Mm -hmm. um, two different types at the same time. Um, Hormonally driven acne is likely to be presenting on the jawline, like I said earlier, chest, back, chin, um, just because of how those areas and the oil glands in those areas are stimulated by testosterone. Hormonal acne is also more likely to present as the real deep, blind, painful, swollen red cysts that sits beneath the skin. They stay there for weeks at a time. They're really stubborn. You know there's something in there, but no matter how hard you work it, you know, nothing's coming out. And now's a really good time to say do not, like, do not push your pimples, do not try and <laughs> pop them, especially, you know, the cystic lesions um, because it's like, blunt force trauma for your skin you're going to create a wound you're going to create infection you're going to create scarring so try and leave it alone I know how hard it is it's so hard (laughs) I love popping pimples but yeah it is hard I understand every time one comes up I'm like resist the urge (laughs) yeah yeah find a scar on your face and look at that Mm -hmm. and remember (laughs) that that's what's going to happen if you if you pop those big pimples so 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 the hormonal lesions are going to present more in that fashion Um, Another way to tell is by getting in touch with your cycle and um, monitoring when these uh, acne lesions are appearing. So testosterone-driven acne um, can be consistent throughout the month. They can be popping up, you know, 24-7, unfortunately. Um, But you might also find that you have a a flare in your acne in the week leading up to your period. Um, and it's important to remember at this moment, if you are on the pill, you're not having a menstrual cycle, you're not having a period. And so um, so you might not notice these cyclical changes or premenstrual symptoms if you're on the pill. If you're off the pill, um, yes, you might notice a flare in your acne either at ovulation, so mid-cycle, about two weeks after your period and two weeks before the next one is when you're likely mm-hmm. to ovulate. Um, and so you may notice a flare then and you may notice a flare premenstrually. So looking out for those cyclical flares is, a, is an indication that it's going to be hormonal um, as well as that deep blind presentation along the jawline. Um, when, you know, differentiating that between um, a different type of presentation of pimples that might be more superficial, not as painful or raised to touch, um, and they've just got a little white head on them and, you know, they, they pop up overnight and go, you know, go back in, in a couple of days time, like those yeah. tend to be a bit more, um, bit more related to, to, you know, uh, binging on sugar or a big night out of alcohol. People will often tell me that they'll have a little flare of little pimples, but they'll go away a lot quicker than the big ones. And so I sort of differentiate in that way, um, yeah. as well as where they present on the face. So again, real hormonal areas and then other areas of the face that can, um, be related to different systems of the body aside from our hormones. Okay. And so do you believe that focusing in on some of these areas that you talk about, so balancing your diet, um, understanding your menstrual cycle and when you might flare up or not, um, Mm. you know, keeping an eye on your blood sugar levels and um, there was one more that you mentioned, but I've forgotten it. Um, Stress, that would be the one. And, And keeping an eye on your stress. Do you think 
doing all these things that you talk about will complement your current skincare treatments that you use. So for, for example, if I'm, you know, using a cleanser morning and night, I'm mm-hmm. exfoliating um, twice a week, all those kind of things. Is it designed to complement or is there really no need to be spending ridiculous amounts? Like is there one or the other or is it better mm. to do both? It's better to do both. And you want to be coming at this from as many approaches as possible. If you've ever dealt with severe acne, you know, you'll know that you're going to be trying everything that you can from every angle. Um, So I think that the topical side of things does play a a role and I recommend getting personalized prescriptive skincare um, to make sure that it's suitable for your skin and what your skin needs because just like internally, we are all different. We all are all unique. Um, and we want to make sure that if we are making an investment into skincare, that it's right for us. So I really recommend seeing someone who is well-versed in the topical side of things and is a, a skin therapist, like I'm a naturopath. Um, you don't want to mm-hmm. be, um, you'll, you can spend hundreds of dollars on random skincare uh, products on the internet, or you can spend hundreds of dollars on the real, you know, the real thing that's going to be suited for you. So I think it's really important to make sure that you're getting individualized skincare. Um, I like to think about it sort of in a, uh, a percentage capacity so perhaps 70% of the the um, healing is going to come from managing those internal drivers because again if your skin it keeps breaking out you can do all the skincare in the world but if your skin keeps breaking out because there's an internal imbalance no amount of skincare topically is going to fix that the topical mm. side of things is really important for um, helping to manage um, sebum and supporting the integrity of the barrier of your skin because the skin is um, a barrier between us and the outside world. So it's important that if your skin barrier is damaged um, by acne and your skin barrier is broken because you have literal wounds on your skin, that you are um, supporting that to to protect your skin and protect your body. Um, but again, you want to get the, those internal things right because otherwise you're going to keep breaking that skin barrier and you're going to keep needing that topical side of things. So definitely it's a combined approach, um, mm-hmm. but I am biased towards the internal <laughs> the internal um, therapies because uh, I think it's so important, yeah. Well, you've obviously seen mm-hmm. the proven results in yeah. what you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about your gut health then. You mentioned that that's a really big key player. Can you explain how our gut health affects our hormonal acne and our skin? Yes. So there's a number of different ways. I'll start by saying that um, if you're familiar with naturopathy, we naturopaths believe that the gut is the seat of our health. It's the foundation. It's it's everything. Um, and so I like to think about the relationship between the gut and the skin and hormones and the rest of the body really as a bit of a pyramid. So if we think of the, a pyramid, it's got a triangular shape, that top part of the pyramid, let's put our like sex hormone balance and our and acne and hormonal acne at the top of our pyramid. Um, and everything that leads to acne is going to be sort of beneath that. So the next, the next layer I'd be thinking about things like um, thyroid health, stress, um, you know, and our nervous system health, and then peeling back a layer again to the real foundation of our pyramid here is going to be things like blood sugar regulation and gut health um, and inflammation. And so that's a real, a real underlying, um, underlying cause of all imbalances, all inflammation in the body is if the gut is inflamed, um, the 
blood is going to be inflamed, the brain is going to be inflamed, <laughs> you know, you're going to, um, everything is going to be inflamed if that gut is inflamed. So inflammation is a big one. And the reason that inflammation and gut inflammation is such a big deal is because if we think about the gut um, as, again, separating our body from the outside world, everything that comes into our gut in the form of food, water, medication, um, alcohol, all of that is going to uh, come into contact with the lining of our gut. And in parts, the lining of our gut is only one cell thick. And if you've ever, if you've ever taken a biology class, you know how tiny that, that one cell is. And so okay. all that's separating our bloodstream and our immune system and our body from whatever we put into our bodies through the gut is one cell thick. And it does not take much to, over time, degrade and damage that that's that lining of the gut. So um, if we if we imagine you know the lining of the gut as being this thin thin barrier um, that is being exposed to environmental toxins, pesticides, um, chemicals in the water, you know all sorts of things. Stress affects it. Sugar, you know, literally everything comes to our body. Um, anything that causes an inflammatory response in that gut lining is going to trigger an immune reaction. So we've got immune cells, white blood cells, um, all sorts of immune cells um, patrolling the, the area around our gut to keep an eye out for anything that's unfamiliar, anything that's a threat, and anything that it recognises as a threat, it's going to launch an immune reaction to. And that immune reaction is going to set up a cascade of inflammatory chemicals, which is going to um, permeate the gut, enter our bloodstream, and once it's in our bloodstream, it's going to, uh, you know, have access to the rest of our body. And then again, if there's um, uh, inflammatory response occurring in our blood, all of the tissues of our body are going to be keeping an eye on that, keeping an eye out. Are we in danger? Do we need to set off our own immune system response? Do we need to come up with our own inflammation to protect ourselves? Um, and yeah, so gut inflammation equals systemic inflammation and that um, will affect the skin, the brain, mental health, um, joint health, just you name it. Right. So do you find that when women are coming to see you and they have uh, hormonal acne caused by inflammation of the gut mm. that there is more than one symptom showing like like you were saying like if there's inflammation in the body it can show in many different areas is acne is it often acne paired with another inflammation that's key to highlighting that it's coming from the gut uh, yeah, so this is where the beauty of naturopathy comes in because we have the time, unlike, you know, when you visit a GP, you've got about 7 to 15 minutes with them. With yeah. a naturopath, you've got a full hour to go through your case and work out where the links are. So because I ask people about their digestion, um, about their gut health, and I ask about 20 to 30 questions about their digestion from how well they chew their food to whether they experience bloating to whether they experience heartburn, to how well they move their bowels, we get to work out how much of a, of a role the gut and digestion is playing in their acne because mm -hmm. I'll get people that come to me with their acne, we start talking about the digestion and very little about their digestion is going right. You know, they're nauseous, um, they have not much appetite, they're constipated or they have diarrhoea, they're noticing mucus in their stools. Like that's all. these are all signs that, yeah, your gut is going to be playing a massive role in your acne. Other people come to me and their diet is perfect. It's better than mine. <laughs> you know, they're, um, they're, they're eating so well and they have no bloating, no issues with digestion whatsoever. I go, okay, um, 
gut health and inflammation, maybe not the main driver for you, but then we talk about other areas of their life, other areas of their health, and, you know, they're, um, they're having panic attacks, they're extremely anxious, they're not right. sleeping, and then we go, okay, stress, that's your thing, let's work on that. Yeah. So um, it, you can tell by what else someone has going on how much of a role it's, it's playing. Interesting. And so um, let's talk about stress. How does stress have a reaction in hormonal acne? Well, while we're on the topic, so stress will also affect the, the lining of the gut and how well we're digesting our food, how well our gut is functioning in general, because there is a direct link between the gut and the nervous system. So um, stress is going to, again, um, exacerbate or make any of those digestive issues worse. Um, the other the other major thing I find with stress and the skin is that stress hormones will influence our skin. So whenever we encounter a stress, whether it's emotional, psychological, a work stress, um, high intensity cardio exercise, like CrossFit, like whatever that stress is, our body responds by releasing stress hormone, which helps us deal with that stress and helps our body, mm-hmm. um, you know, have, a, have the reflexes it needs to be able to escape a dangerous situation or whatever. But escape CrossFit. <laughs> escape CrossFit. Well, remembering that um, our nervous system does not know the difference between CrossFit and being like you know chased by a tiger or getting... oh really no no the brain doesn't you know it doesn't it's, it's not that it doesn't understand the difference <laughs> no it doesn't so same no with... wonder my body does not like it <laughs> no same with <laughs> neither um, and I just choose not to expose myself to that kind of stress. <laughs> Um, but uh, the same with like work deadlines or um, anxiety about social situations as far as the nervous system goes you're in like a life or death situation and it's going to release adrenaline and cortisol which are some of our major stress hormones um, to help you deal with that which usually looks like running away so yeah whenever we release those stress hormones our skin responds to that in its own way so when we're in development in the womb when we're growing as babies um the the cells that form our skin actually come from a very similar cell line as the nervous system they actually develop at the same time almost in parallel with each with each other so their skin is highly specialized to respond to um, cues and signals from the nervous system and the hormones produced by the nervous system so and and in addition to that the skin is able to produce its own stress hormones so your, if your skin is exposed to a surge of stress hormones from whatever cause, including caffeine, because that will um, trigger the release of adrenaline and cortisol, um, your skin responds by upregulating the amount of sebum it produces. So again, you're going to have thicker, oilier sebum coming into your skin, which is obviously not good <laughs> if you're trying to avoid yeah. um, pimples and acne. Um Stress will also often drive people to eat more sugary foods and so they're sabotaging themselves by, you know, smashing a pack of Tim Tams even though they're not, they know that that's not good for their skin but, you know, you might be um, stressed or emotional eating. Um, stress also suppresses the immune response in the long term. So if you're also dealing with a chronic infection, whether it's um, thrush, candida, um, bacterial skin growth on the skin, in the gut, um, stress is going to affect how your body is able to um, combat that infection. Um, what else? Those would be the major, yeah, the major ways that stress affects the skin, in my opinion. 
Oh, that's so fascinating. Um, we'll just move on to some questions from our listeners. So I've already mentioned Selena's question um, about how to know whether your acne was hormonal or not, and that was fantastic. But Ellie wants to know what foods we should eat around our cycle to help reduce breakouts. Good one. So um, first of all, I'll start with I love seed cycling. Have you heard of seed cycling? No. No. So seed cycling is the practice of using different types of edible seeds at different times of your menstrual cycle to support both the production and the clearance of um, sex hormones. So I've actually oh, wow. got a, um, a guide on this on my website, yeah. um, which people can download for free. We'll link that in the show notes because I think that will be amazing. Yeah, and that's that explains the 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 reasoning and the rationale behind seed cycling as a practice. But the main premise is that in the first half of your cycle, you focus on two types of seeds, um, mm-hmm. and you the idea being that you grind them up and you you include a tablespoon or two per day of those blended seeds into your diet however you like so I add them to smoothies porridges um garnishes on soups in salads like yeah. you know <laughs> however you like yep in things yeah. um and then in the second half of your cycle you switch over to two other types of seeds and in combination the seeds deliver a nice dose of those um those nutrients that we want for balancing the production of hormones and supporting the clearance in terms of fiber the protein and amino acid ratios the essential fatty acids and then those real minerals and, and vitamins that I, I mentioned before, like magnesium, zinc, B vitamins, those kind of things as well. So that's all explained in the guide. Um, so I love that as a practical, easy thing you can do at home and just to help you get in touch with your cycle and, and um, what your body needs at different parts of the cycle. It's a really interesting area to explore. My other big recommendation would be increasing the amount of Uh, cruciferous family vegetables that you eat in the second half of your menstrual cycle so cruciferous family vegetables being things like broccoli broccolini cauliflower cabbage uh, brussels sprouts kale mustard greens all these like kind of bitter flavors Mm -hmm. and um, and these vegetables are really helpful for that liver detoxification of estrogen so by providing our body with these nutrients and ingredients um, leading up to that second half of the cycle, um, we can really support our liver and the clearance of estrogen so that we're not getting that backlog and that recirculation and that double whammy effect from estrogen. So, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and they're a great source of fiber. They support our gut health. They feed our good bacteria in our gut. Like it's, they're just an all round great inclusion. So I'd be aiming for like a cup of two, a cup or two of those types of vegetables per day in the, yeah. um, the one to two weeks leading up to your cycle. Next question and last question is from Sarah. Um, Sarah would love to have any tips on helping control rosacea. I think I've... Rosacea? That one, rosacea, yes. So rosacea is a skin condition uh, that it usually affects the face. It can be quite disfiguring if it's not addressed um, and it can present in a few different ways. So um, most people will report... Uh, skin redness or flushing um the the redness can be transient or it can be like permanent all there there all the time um it can be uh, it can coincide with burning uh pain in the face as well as sort of pustular lesions as well as like broken blood vessels in the face it's it's quite a um a complex condition 
In terms of controlling it, the key to addressing any health issue, regardless of what it is, is understanding the cause. So without understanding the cause, um, which is going to be, you know, it's going to be different combinations and different factors in everyone, but I really urge anyone who's experiencing rosacea to get um, personalised assistance and to to understand what for you is driving it. So um, with rosacea, there's some really common triggers. So most people will find that their rosacea or the flushing, burning pain, um, however their, their rosacea presents, um, is going to be triggered by, there's a few common ones like spicy food, um, chili, ginger, um, hot drinks, hot beverages, um, exposure to extreme temperatures. So I would be um, looking into, and there's, it's, the, the, the list of potential triggers is, you know, a couple pages long. So I would be looking at, um, going through that list of triggers and trying to isolate what's a trigger for you, what you've noticed, paying really you know attention to what your skin's trying to tell you, um, and and first of all avoiding those triggers. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's go on to talking about treatments. What is a good starting point if someone's experiencing really bad hormonal acne? What are some things in your lifestyle that you can change? Yeah, so. There are some real foundational things that you just can't get by without doing. So you want to be eating regular, small, nutrient-dense meals throughout the day. I don't recommend fasting because that can sometimes throw out the blood sugar balance and we want to um, make sure that our body has a good source of fuel to be um, using (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. and not depriving the body. Mm-hmm. So, um, so nutritious meals every couple of hours throughout the day and choosing foods that come as close to the original shape, size, look of the food as nature created it. So yeah, um, whole foods. Whole foods, yeah. So I love yeah. a whole foods diet um, and, one, and meals that contain carbohydrates, um, proteins and fats in, with, each, with each meal. And so I'm yeah. sure you went into detail in the past um, podcast around that. So um, yes, definitely go listen to that. If you haven't, then another big one is um, eliminating dairy. So dairy works on a similar mechanism to those sugars that drives up the production of androgens like testosterone. So, um, so I always recommend eliminating dairy, plenty of good water and removing foods that are like adding fuel to the fire. Sometimes removing the problematic foods is just as important as including the good ones. One thing that I've seen promoted everywhere at the moment, especially on Instagram, is Mm -hmm. beauty food products. Mm. They talk about, you know, it's all about making your skin glow from the inside out Mm. and it's these powders that you add to your water, mix it all in, drink it, and apparently it's meant to make your skin glow. Is this bullshit or or is this legit going to help our skin? Where to begin with these? Where to begin is that I don't use them. (laughs) So. So, again, it's one of those things, like, I think there are going to be so many people out there that have seen a beneficial effect. So I'm not here to say that they don't work. Um, I haven't tried all of them. Like, I haven't gone into detail in, you know, all of the ingredients. So, again, if people have had a great experience with them and they think it's helped, good for them. I don't think it's, it's not the only thing I would use and it's not the first thing I would use because it can be an expensive waste of time if it's not addressing the underlying cause of your acne. The other thing is that with these um, gut powders, um, which often contain, you know, prebiotic fibers and probiotics and, um, you know, all good things, but if they're not hitting the nail on the head and they're not actually addressing your issue, they're not going to help. 
and introducing yeah. prebiotics and probiotics at the wrong stage of gut healing can actually send you backwards a little bit as well. So um, there's it's such a spectrum. Like there's so many different products and there's better quality ones and worse quality ones. And do I think that a lot of products are just writing the fad and, <laughs> you know, and following the gimmick? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but again, I think in combination or as an adjunct to salt, like, you know, working on that underlying issue with someone who actually knows what they're talking about, I think it probably can be a, a good part of your protocol. I just don't think it's going to be the be all and end all. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that. Cause I think, like you said, it, it's a very big marketing gimmick at the moment, that whole jumping on the gut health train, I mean, and gump, jumping on the um, beauty powder train, mm-hmm. like it is very much selling it. Like you don't need to go see a health professional because you can treat all these problems yourself with this, like, you know, all in one solution, mm-hmm. um, take this powder and it's going to fix you. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting to hear from you that it's, more complex than that and not as easy yeah it's like anything like it's not going to work for you if if you know you with most cases of hormonal acne it's not that you have a deficiency in beetroot antioxidants or like you know whatever is Mm. in the powder it's um it's gonna maybe help a piece of the puzzle but you know yeah it's like anything it's it's not the right thing for you it's not gonna do anything for you either Absolutely. Well, we'll move on to the last section of our podcast, which is some recommendations. So I love a healthy snack. I mean, I love all snacks. I won't lie. I did have a really delicious donut the other night. And I know that's probably not going to be great for my acne, but I enjoyed it and it was good for my mind and my my soul. (laughs) And sometimes the guilt that we create around these foods is a lot more damaging than the donut itself. (laughs) Exactly. But I do want to know. I'm a snacker. Yep. Um, so what are some healthy snacks that I can eat that won't make me feel bad? Um, so I'm a very, I'm a big believer in keeping it simple and keeping it from scratch and, and being a bit prepared. So I'm a fan of whispers. I'm a fan of um, like hummus and, you know, good old vegetable sticks, like um, keep it simple. Mm. I love a good tub of hummus. <laughs> oh, yeah, we go through a kilo a week at my house. So <laughs> <laughs> Love that. You know, I've, I've got a really nice recipe for uh, spiced oat cookies that I'll make a batch of. And, again, the oats have that low GI um, and that you get a bit of sweetness and, and it, you know, get you through the afternoon as well. Or a nice, um, I'm, lo- I'm loving at the moment, like a, a hot milky drink in the afternoon fills me up a little bit mm-hmm. and I get, you know, a bit of like a hot cacao taste or whatever I'm going for. We might link your um, oat uh, cookie recipe in the show notes because that sounds like a real winner. Can you recommend some other resources to look into? Like if you're wanting to find out, let's say, I think a lot of us would be starting our journey from scratch when it comes to dealing with a naturopath and skincare. Um, Is there some other resources that you can recommend us going and looking at, whether it be Instagram accounts or Facebook pages, just to, um, I guess, further educate ourselves? Obviously, you. Yeah. (laughs) If you could share your um, Instagram page with us and your website, that would be great. We'll also pop them in the notes. So I'm most active on Instagram at clearskin.bylexi 
and I share I probably overshare on that so <laughs> and I cover, <laughs> it's great I love it <laughs> and I, I try and cover a really broad look at uh at health but also you know with a with a focus on uh skin and, and hormones and I also have a website so um I have a blog that you can read and that, that will take you through from scratch and I write for people who um don't have that understand like that you know complex understanding of health so um some easy to digest information on there that you can read through uh so lara bryden is a really great um doctor in this sphere especially around the pill and contraception so i recommend mm-hmm. her website she's got a really great book as well well lexi i really honestly can't thank you enough for coming on board and chatting with us today it was so fascinating to hear about you know hormonal acne i feel like i've learned so much and i hope all of our listeners have as well so a big thank you put a disclaimer to um to get a notepad and pen out i think at the start of that because yeah we went deep (laughs) taking lots of notes we went deep on that but um thanks so much for having me it was great to talk to you and um and i hope everyone learned something Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, guys. I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you did like my chat with Lexi, please go check her out. She actually runs online remote consultations. So if you are looking for someone to help you along your acne journey, I would highly recommend her. So you can book appointments online on her website. It's linked in the show notes. So go have a look. Otherwise, come let me know what you thought of the episode, what you learned, your opinions or feedback. Um, You can find us at underscore the wow project underscore. Otherwise, we drop new episodes every Tuesday so make sure you just click that little subscribe button and lastly just a friendly reminder that the information shared in the podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal situation or needs so where appropriate please consult a health practitioner first anyway have a fantastic week guys I'll be in your ears next Tuesday bye